Welcome back to another episode of the eCoach and Co with our co-hosts Conal O'Shea and the famous Jeff Lahart. How are we, men? All good. All good. No complaints. What are we going to talk about? Okay, so obviously we'll we'll do a bit of a recap of what happened over the weekend in the Premier League. Um, I think you know some shock results, and I think that's what probably where we're going to start today. And probably the biggest shock result of the weekend was uh, Palace and Spurs. So obviously Palace won three nil. Um, a serious performance out of them. First time I've watched Vieira's Palace side, and uh, I have to say I was very impressed. And second time I've watched. Nuno's Spurs and to say I was disappointed would be a massive understatement. Did, Kuno, did you watch the full game? They came up against a far superior side. Um, I think the missing son is a big thing as well. They had to play Deli Alley in the front three alongside Lucas Mora, Lucas Mora, Kane, and Deli Alley. You know, you only really have goals there with Kane. Deli Alley's not the player he was a few years ago. See, I want to talk about it really quickly. I will talk about the game in a sec. We're talking about Deli Ali there, and you're right, Conan, in saying that. I agree with you. That's amazing. He's not the player he was a few years ago. Like, he's tw- 25? 24, 25? Maybe 26? I'll get up the exact age now. Around that, yeah. I why? think he's roughly the same age as, as us, so about 25. <laughs> Jeff, why is that? Why isn't he the same player? And can he get to the level that we think he can get to? He's 25. He's 25, yeah. Um, I think we saw sparks of it there. Like he, he captained Spurs in preseason, obviously when Kane was away, and he showed it a bit there the first couple of games of the season. But he just, I don't know if he doesn't fit into that front three or, you know, what the story is with him. But it, there's something to miss. Like obviously the the whole Mourinho impact on him has been so negative, yeah, and it's just dragged him down so many pegs. Um, I think there's going to be a serious rebuild due there because, I mean, he was like top of the top when he's performing at 21, 22 years old. Now there's there's a serious rebuild need to be done there. Um, but back to the match. Um, 62% to 38% possession I'm seeing here. Expected goals, Crystal Palace 3.00, so on the button. Um, 0.07 for Spurs. Kuno, were Spurs really bad or were Crystal Palace really good? Um, I think uh, Palace have looked good in the last couple of games I've seen. So, but I think, looking good and popping. I know it's early, but the top of the Premier League, three 0 yeah, dominating. Yeah, and I and I said I think I don't know if it was on the podcast where I said to Tony about how Edward is going to be a big signing because Palace have had haven't had a talisman for the last couple of years. They've tried Benteke, tried Batshuayi. They got that Mateta fella last January, didn't work out. Zaha scores goals, but he doesn't get, you know, as many as you'd hope from a top, top striker. So I think, you know, he they dominated the game and he came on and scored two goals kind of <laughs> show how, how dominant they were. Um, so I think that that was kind of Palace have looked good. Um, Gallagher scores goals from midfield as well. So um, Spurs Spurs are poor. Um, I don't think they've improved a whole lot from last year. They had a three easy results and I think they kind of got brought back down to arc now that they're still, like they, Nuno isn't, the answer really to their problems from last year. Palace stay up. Yeah, I said that last week. I said start of the season. I would have been one of my tips to win. I think now from the first couple of games, they've been good. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, to be honest, 
that was like I said, it was the first time I've seen them, and I was very, very impressed. Um, I like the way they've kind of kept, they've ripped out the spine of the team from last year, but they've kept sort of the support players. Yeah. And by support players, I mean like the probably the better players, and just got rid of like the old dogs that were there, and they've replaced them like really, really well. I I like the look of the two at the back, uh, Gwehi and Anderson. Um, obviously, as Kung said, Gallagher is going to be a serious player in the middle. And um, Zaha looks reborn. He looks like yeah, a different player. He looks class. I watched the highlights again today, and he looks so good. He got a horrible time from Tanganga there with the little scuffle. That was funny. But uh, and I liked Tanganga before. But Jesus, he see he had a bit of a mare look from the highlights. Anyway, um, I haven't seen the full game yet. But Zaha looks reborn. I think, I think it was very brave of Vieira to do that. I thought that was really brave to do that. I think they could go a really, I think they could, I think I said they would go down, but that was without seeing them much. I think I said they go down anyway. I think they're one of my tips anyway, but I do think they could stay up. It'd be interesting to see how far they can go. And it would also be interesting to see what I wanted to talk about. Is it, do you think either of you can answer this? Is this a little blip for Spurs or is it kind of representative of, no, you're going to fall to 8th, ninth, maybe even 10th now. You're going to be finding it out with Arsenal for those top 8, top 9 spaces. I think, I think. You, you need to acknowledge that Spurs were missing a, a good few players yesterday, whenever it was Saturday. Yeah. Like, they had whatever it was, Lacelso and uh, Romero were isolating because the whole Argentina-Brazil thing. Son was out, obviously, as Connell said. And then, I, had I missing someone, someone else Sanchez. in the field? Like, it Davinson Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Sanchez well. at the back. Yeah, that's a big mm. one. Sanchez, because he's been good the first couple of games. Him and Tanganga were solid. Like, yeah, um, Tanganga was originally... Tanganga was like, playing right back and then had to come yeah. in the centre-back. Yeah. Which might be something for the future with the new signing Emerson, but that would have made them more solid, like Tanganga and Sanchez. Like for Emerson's first yeah. game, he looked out of his depth completely. Guys, I read about this Emerson fella. Sorry to interrupt. I read about him, and apparently, like, literally, there's there's nothing known about him at all. Like, this is a sign that someone said, I forget where I read it, but they said it could be really, really good or really, really bad. I think Barcelona were more than happy to cash in on him. I think we talked about that sign on the podcast, but then I they read it. They only signed him this summer. They only signed him this summer. Yeah. They would last last year he was on loan, I think, this to another club. Let me check. No, Batiz. He played for Real Batiz. I had to look it up as well. I kind of see this guy coming from Barcelona. I thought he played 10, 15 games from last year, but he was actually on loan and played 35 games at Batiz or whatever. Yeah, and, and there's little you know. known about him. Like, like at the. Yeah, I didn't know he played for Batiz. Like, apparently, it was like, yeah, he was, he was fine. Like, let me check now. I'm getting the stats up for Batiz. One goal, I think. Yeah, one goal, four assists. Nothing spectacular, like. Not too bad from a fullback. Nine yellow cards, a 7.09 rating, which isn't too bad. But I read about him, and they said in the league he was like, yeah, he was grand. But they couldn't believe the money that Spurs were paying. How much did Spurs pay from? 30-odd million, wasn't it? Something like that. I think so. Big investment. Yeah, it was expensive enough. Yeah. You're the man for the cash gun. Yeah, How I much don't... was it? <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but I remember I just speaking to someone about it before the game, and I was like, "Oh, Emerson, like he's 
going attacking, you know, good attacking. And I don't know why I just assumed he was an attacking right back. I have literally no information about him. I don't know You're more attacking than him a right back. No, no. I, I sit I sit in beside, let the left back bomb forward. <laughs> so I play. Catch catch Cunnell playing this weekend against who? <laughs> Yeah, they paid twenty two and a half million pounds from Cunnel or um, <laughs> Emerson. <laughs> well, we move well, on. Emerson's worth that. Cunnell's worth double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll move on. Um, that's enough kind of land based in the Spurs. Um, the the big return that happened this weekend. That man Ronaldo. Go on, Jeff. Do it. <laughs> that could have been for City, uh, could have. <laughs> it could have been. What do we think? Everyone is saying uh, that he's not going to be at that level. Like he's he's thirty six. He's coming from Italy. He's scored goals there, but that's fair enough. Did he did he show, make his mark? Did he show? Still didn't win Italian Player of the Year, but um, uh, well last year he won it the other two years. <laughs> I'm fuming as a Liverpool fan. I am absolutely. I can't hide it. I'm fuming. I was watching. Uh, the match in pain in the airport as he was scoring. I, I was so annoyed. But Jesus, you have to give it to him. That is an amazing start. Really like. And in a match that United dominated in as well. Um, You can say Newcastle or whatever. But Jesus, that can be huge. If he continues that. And I know it's too early to say. But it, it what way, what, how else do you want him to start? You know what I mean? It doesn't get any better than that. He could get reached 20, 25 goals. Like, you're looking at the team that he's playing in as well. Like, it was just... Um, I thought Newcastle were good. Like, to be honest, I, I thought they'd execute the game plan really well for the first, whatever it was, 65, 70 minutes. And then, obviously, fatigue sets in and, and all that. But, um, like, look at the players around them. Like, Bruno was doing little scoops, chips, flip passes into him. It's, and he was getting these opportunities and... It took him a few minutes to bed in. You could see it. Like, it was obviously one at the start when he, like, spun and he missed the ball. And everyone's kind of like, oh, look at him. Like, Ronaldo always has. We looked at the we looked at this the other day, Jeff. Or was it me and you, Cunnell? Ronaldo has four, five, six shots a game. You know what yeah. I mean? He's always going to make chances for himself. Yeah. He'll, he'll literally just shoot. I think he had two shots blocked as well in the game. Um, But he's always going to make chances for himself. He's always going to do that, so he's always going to shoot. And in a team that's tailor made for attacking, I think if he if he can keep that up, he can be a serious threat. What do you think, Conor? Yeah, I think as even though you can kind of look at the first goal and say, "Oh, that's an easy goal," but to keep yourself onside to be in that position, there's not many United players currently in the squad that can do that. So, even though the two goals were kind of straightforward enough, it's, it's his position and his movement which kind of impressed me the most, which is. Something I always knew he had, but and you know I'll say as a as I don't not too happy about it that it was only Newcastle, so uh, don't get too ahead <laughs> yourselves. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I give a credit because the the two goals were the goals to go ahead. They weren't you know the last two you know they're two one yeah. open. He scores two at the end. He did score the goal to go ahead twice, which is always in football a more difficult goal to get. I so, think the yeah. second goal was uh, like prime Ronaldo as well in terms of like receiving oh, the ball from the great finish. Just, drives forward and the only spot yeah. he put it as well like he went through the keeper's legs and like you don't see you don't really see strikers doing that anymore and now Lukaku looked a bit like he was doing it like but he just I, I thought he looked 
like well up for it. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see you know, what he's like in the Champions League. He's always good in the Champions League. Jeff, from a biased point of view, and then I'll get an and then I'll get a, a very opposite biased point of view from Kunal. Um Jeff, from a biased point of view, is he the difference between United second not challenging and United I'm not gonna say second I'll say I'm not gonna say winning the league because I think City are too strong, but second challenging. I mean giving it to City. Pushing them to the last two, three games, or even winning it if you think so. Being honest, we need to see more. Like you can't judge it off Newcastle. Like that's... get carried away. Come on, spark Connell's <laughs> emotions there. I'd, I'd love to say yes, but I'm still concerned about the back. Like I thought we were still very open. Like the goal that we conceded was ridiculous. Like Luke Shaw was playing basically right back for the goal. Like you just followed whoever it was Almiron in. And left a huge gap, and then it just left around two v one at the back, and like nothing he could really do about it. But I'd I'd be concerned on that end that teams can like better teams will be able to sit in with a low block and um you know keep you out, but yeah. then hit you on the break. And I think United are susceptible to being hit in the break still, even with Varane there and like what what does look like a much better defensive unit. Um, I'd still be. I, I think we will challenge, but for how long is going to be the the question. Yeah, so you're saying it comes down to the back four in the end. Yeah, well, I think they score do. goals won't be an issue this year. But no, <laughs> not at all. Conor, what do you think? Yeah, I think I don't think my opinion has changed a whole lot since last week. Um, and we the two weeks ago when we discussed just the transfer in general. I do think Ronaldo will be the difference, make United up at the likes of. Chelsea's and City's and Liverpool's level in terms of kind of having a good run at the league because they've never really challenged in the last couple of years. A lot of players around but no one that's really a winner. So I think he will bring them up. Um, the Newcastle was a good advertisement for what kind of I'd suspected originally that like he's going to get those goals that sometimes United don't get and kind of can get, did loads of bad draws last year United. So he's going to turn a lot of those into wins which I think will, will put United... You know, give them an extra 10, 15 points anyway. I think in big games, I, I definitely think in big games, he's going to be a difference. Even even if it means... um, I know United don't have a bad record against City over, say, the last four seasons. But, like, because they only play each other two, three times a year. Um, But I think he could be... I think he could be serious in terms of even getting an extra, extra goal to maybe win or draw a game. Just bringing them up. Do you ever see the top six table? You know what I mean? When they play the top six, play each other. They often put on Sky. I think he could be key in helping them climb that. I think he'll get goals in big games. And it annoys me to say that, but I think he will. Um, I, I think it's those games, like the Arsenal games. Remember last year, was it like two draws against Arsenal? Like a nil all and a one all Arsenal won one at the start of the season. As Arsenal well, beat them at Old Trafford last season. Two nil, wasn't it, Jeff? Yeah, so I mean, yeah. it, it's going to be games like that he's going to make the difference in. Like like you said, the big games, but I mean, is Arsenal a big game anymore? But still, yeah. like, it's still <laughs> going to be one of those where they, uh, he he needs to like step up when United are dominating games and just being hit in the break. He's going to be the one that's going to step up and actually put the ball in the back of the net and calm things a bit. I think just that leadership aspect is going to be huge. I still think United are going to get popped off on the counter. I think he will bring them points, but I still think in games like like they do look so open, like. 
even just looking at the stats here. At the start of the game, in the end, it looked pretty convincing. It was like 4-1. But the first 45 minutes, I remember looking at it. And United's XG, I was just obviously checking the stats out. United's XG was going up, going up. But at the very start, Newcastle were, were shooting. I'm not going to say getting clear-cut chances, but they were, they, were, they were getting chances. Newcastle had 12 shots in the game. Uh, eight chances created. One big chance, and obviously I think they scored from that. Um, six on target. Is that average enough? Let me check, for example, the... I'll check the Liverpool game. Although Liverpool were very open in that as well. But we'll get to that in a minute. Just um, to go on to go add on to that then based based on kind of what I, I want to discuss as well just about Newcastle in the news this morning that Wilton is apparently out for six weeks and you're talking about you know United having those being open that maybe if a Callum Wilson was playing they might have got a goal or two and that changes you know? everything as we know like you know what I mean like look Liverpool weren't great yeah. yesterday and Liverpool only conceded nine shots to Leeds you know what I mean. And well, Leeds are attacking. Poor Leeds team. Yeah, we'll Leeds get to that in a minute. Though. Team than Newcastle. Yeah, I do. Um, I still think Leeds. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the the chances that Newcastle made were good. Like, and they should have made more. Like, um, what was his name? Willock had a great chance that if you just cut it back instead of shooting, he would have, like, it one hundred percent would have been a goal. There's a few that Joe Linton got into like decent positions and the. The final product was bad, like Longstaff fell over his feet and all. So that's what I was talking about in terms of like us being open at the back. There's still chances that better teams and better players are going to take against us that I'd be seriously concerned about. I think it comes down to Ole's coaching at the end of the day and see if he can actually tighten up because they're attacking. They're amazing. I think they're the second best in the league attacking. But I just think defending, they're open. And it's going to come down to if he can adapt or get someone in who can adapt that defensive line to their high attack and play. Kind of like, it reminds me a lot of the Liverpool 17-18 team, just without the kind of, I don't know, the, I suppose, attention surrounded. Liverpool got a lot of credit for how attacking they were and how good they were. I think United are just as good as that in that sense. But defensively reminds me they probably weren't as bad as Liverpool defensively but they are getting away with it a lot like me and you talked about it last year Jeff United's XG conceded I think it was was under or something or over or their X points in the end was like 8 over what they should have got yeah yeah they've only kept one clean sheet this season and that was against Wolves in a game where they were very fortunate to keep a clean sheet yeah De Gea was excellent as well Poor Jeff was all happy coming on here to talk about United and how great Ronaldo was. So we've just completely just shot all over it. People are like, no, no, Jeff, this is why United are going to fall. If United lift the trophy and it's because of Ronaldo at the end of the season, we may as well call the podcast there and, uh, then and there. But Jeff, you can stay on and get new, uh, new people. But you can't change the name. It's copyrighted. Turn it into a United podcast. <laughs> At the moment, it's the XG podcast. That's what we're calling yeah. it. We bring everything back to XG. It's like Connor <laughs> says, this is going to happen. And I'm like, no way. Uh, the expected girl says otherwise. And we all just accept it as gospel. As if it's just 1 million percent proven. Because well, it doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. In the long run, it doesn't lie. And I think Connor wanted to talk about that. We joined, right. Is that okay to talk about next, Brighton? Can do, yeah. So, 
obviously the the big point here with Brighton is that they've big smile um, on his face, Jeff. Look, obviously had a great start to the season. Uh, am I right in saying what is it? Two, three wins. Three wins. Yeah. Like that's that's serious for a team that's like last year. Obviously struggled to pick up points and stuff. Like a lot of draws last year. Um, and I think the the biggest point here, and like obviously speaking of XG, is that they've completely flipped on its head what was the XG curse of last year. Like they were known as that underperforming XG team that like the XG philosophy on Twitter would just take the piss out of them and everything. And now that yeah. like Wolves have turned into that team and Brighton at the opposite, Brighton are getting the results, but like their XG is a lot lower. So it's, it's quite funny. And it, what's it's interesting happening though, Jeff? What what's happening though? It's leveling out. It is. It doesn't leveling like. out. They were down here. They were down last season, and now it's coming back up like that. Remember, Cunnell? Didn't you? Do you want to give the Newcastle example? There, Cunnell, you yeah. explain it well. Yeah, just the, the Newcastle example. That's why I'm getting good interest in this Brighton thing last year or this year. So I think it's a similar thing, except the opposite way. And it showed like the Brighton having faith in their manager. Um, well, Newcastle did the opposite when they finished fifth. Was it? 11 12, 11, 12 yeah, fifth, yeah. but a goal difference of six. A goal yeah, difference of six. Give the eight year contract, <laughs> and then they finished they, very similar underlying stats the following year and finished 16th. It just you know, they're about it, was about a 10th place standard, and then um, and they just kind of met just over the 72 game or 76 games. They kind of had that 10th place kind of finish, but it just so it leveled out. First yeah. So With the same put, squad uh, as well. Johan Kabay, yeah. Papi Cisse, Demba Ba, before he moved to Chelsea. Um, Colaccini was there as well. Tim Krill was there. It was a good team. Uh, Speaking the right, of Demba the Ba, right back, who, who was the right back, yeah, Demba Barrett. Who was the right back? Was it, is his name oh. Di Michele's? Debushi. Debushi. Yeah, Machi Debushi. Yeah. Good right back. Yeah. Yeah, and they that, was still... a, that was a solid side, like, but it wasn't a top four team. No, no, not even a fifth and... place team in a competitive league. Chelsea finished sixth that season, and Chelsea won the Champions League in eleven twelve. And you Newcastle finished ahead of them. So there you go. Brighton will come back up. I think Brighton will finish in the top eight this year. I do see this level. Yeah. now. I do. See I, I thought this. What was it? The Brentford game on Saturday. 0.19 xG is all they accumulated, oh. and it scored the one one nil. You know, that's like Brighton typically were needing about two or three XG to get a goal last year. But I just thought it was it just kind of summed up well how things have been going from this year. Is Trossard last minute shot deflection into the corner. They're just getting that bit of luck where last well, year, you know, they were missing one on ones. Yeah, exactly. And they look solid defensively as well. Like this week I put in Sanchez and goal and I captain dunk just I saw with that year and that I was playing you, you prick. I mean they didn't they didn't. I mean, I was playing you this they're, week. They're looking solid league. all over the pitch. I know you were. Yeah, 57 points, Cunnell. Cunnell, you're losing to the average there as well. We should have had more Brighton players in. I'd, sub- I'd Grosser <laughs> in, but Grosser didn't play, I don't think. Or he went off injured, did he? Should have put Ronaldo in the start. <laughs> Couldn't afford him. Um, I do mm. think Brighton will do well, though. We, we talk about XG a lot in this, but it's showing at the moment that it's very, very real, and that Brighton... But Brentford will still be happy with that game, 
we'll talk we'll give Brentford a bit of time because they're relevant in this situation. Brentford apparently are happy with their manager when they beat the other team on XG. Even if they don't win the match, apparently they are happy with that. Even if they got relegated on that, they'd be happy once they beat their opponent on XG. And that's something they did in the match. And they feel that that's something that will go the test of time and come out on top. They got 0.53 to 0.23. So that's something that they will be... Obviously, they're not going to be happy with losing the game, but they won't, like the manager won't face any hot water from it. They've had a good start anyway, haven't they? Yeah, that was their first actual loss of the season. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think they're going to get too, too down over that. And it was only a last-minute goal, so it's, they started quite solidly. Off-camera, uh, Connell picked Brentford to go down. So, interesting there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been impressed with Brentford. Like, I think that another team that looks solid, not really made up of big stars, like, similar enough job to what Brighton did when they came up. Um good solid core kept the same similar team from the championship but invested well and obviously like Brentford model is about investing properly and selling on for profit um, and I think they've they've done that again by the looks of it Just hopefully we're still early days but there could be a yeah, results go like, yeah they didn't sell anyone really big as well when they came up which they kind yeah, of they kept Tony they once. kept Mbwemo like yeah just before we finish up on Brentford, I don't know if you saw who they signed a couple of days ago, a free agent, the guy that used to play with Huddersfield, Jorgensen, Sanka. Signed him on a free. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I just thought, ben, where, yeah where, he's 30, 40 caps, 30, 40 caps for Denmark and he, they picked him up as a free agent. Well, that was quite a nice signing, uh, Premier League experience. So, put your, put your money where your mouth is, Conan, put him in your fantasy team. No, <laughs> not <at all>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting any Brentford defenders in my fantasy team. <laughs> he still, he still hopes they go down. Anyway, will we move on to uh, Leeds, Liverpool, and Leeds? Yeah, yeah. Happy days. I mean, other than yeah, yeah it, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we're, we're talking about XG, not injuries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it all comes um, down to XG at the end of the day. No, that's terrible. Anyway. Connor can cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, very solid performance from Liverpool, I thought. Leaky at times, I think. I think they're a bit over-reliant on, their, on Van Dijk and Matip, and they can be, but last year, obviously, when they went missing. They, but they, they're very... They take them for granted a lot, I think, when they go forward. I think, I think um, Liverpool are quite good. I don't think they were that okay. leaky. Leeds are a team that like to attack. But when you see their centre-backs coming into action, which they were a lot, I'm sure when you look at their touches on the ball in in terms of defending situation, maybe the amount of times they intercepted the ball, I, don't, I haven't checked out the exact statistics, but I'd say they'd be high because Matip and Van Dijk are very... And they should be. It's the way Liverpool play. But it's about having... I suppose that's why Konate was signed, but we still need to see what he's like. I, we still need to see what Joe Gomez is like. Joe Gomez hasn't played yet. Whether that's because Matip is just better than him, which he probably is, or whether that's because he's maybe just not physically ready yet after coming back from his ACL. Some people recover quicker than others. Um, I'm not too sure. But I thought they were just looking, and I was happy. I was happy out, and I thought they did really well, especially attacking, although they were a bit wasteful there sometimes, but they always are. But they always make chances either way. I just thought 
they're reliant on them a lot. And if Joe Gomez and Konate can do the exact same thing, then that's fine. That's no problem. Not to the extent that Van Dijk and Matip can do that, but to a similar extent, that's okay. But that midfield can be penetrated against a better team, against a Man City, against a... If that midfield just misses a day at work, they can be torn apart by a better team. That's why I think the Champions League group stage is always thought, somewhat thought, of an issue for Liverpool. I thought I thought that Liverpool performance is close as I've seen to the title winning team since since that season nearly. Look how they you did know, on XG that season, Cunnel. Yeah, but it just but it's it's not even about XG, it's more about the oh, control what? they had over the game. <laughs> Put that out. More about the, Cut that out. More about the control they had over the game. <laughs> Um, I I thought they they looked good like in terms of they were solid they had like like you said going forward they're class um bit wasteful but I mean that that's them all over like they how many times are. like when Liverpool are cruising in the game especially when they're cruising in the game and they get the chances and they, it looks like a training game then because they're making all these ones and then there's Mane trying to do like a back heel into the goal <laughs> it's like you, you just Man, it was taking the piss. Yeah, they just need Literally. to like put them away and put the game to bed. But l- like you were saying, like the, the midfield can be got at and they changed it around this week with Thiago playing a bit higher and Fabinho sitting. And I think Thiago and Fabinho don't... And they played well together, obviously. Thiago's last of the day. But they don't particularly work together because neither of them is the most athletic in terms of getting around the place, especially not Thiago. And I think... The likes of a, a hard-working team in the middle is going to get us from there. And then, like you said, you're left 2v2 or 3v2 at the back because the full-backs are gone. That's going to be your issue. Do you not think that Jordan Henderson will play in the big games where Harvey, instead of... I know Harvey Elliott will be playing for a while now, but um, Jordan Henderson would have played in Harvey Elliott's position in the bigger games, which would have given them that... I think league. Jordan so Henderson you, would have played in Thiago's position in the big games. Mm, I agree. I, I, maybe I then, think yeah. Thiago's out of that team before Elliot. I Obviously, think Thiago's yeah. out of that team now. I think I think I th- I've, I'm pretty sure that Klopp's gonna bring Klopp. I don't know if you saw this. Nothing to do with XG now. Don't worry, um, Connor. Uh, Klopp had a freaker Thiago at the end, and I love Thiago. I think I think Thiago when he's on the ball and he can get on the ball and he can get on the ball in dangerous positions, he can look really really good. But he needs almost <laughs> like Byron sometimes played a double pivot at times. To help him cope, or they would just completely dominate a game, which allowed him to have a bit more not freedom, not that Paul Pogba freedom that he needs, because he can understand the game, but almost that just a little bit less defensive responsibility. Has no problem defending, just he's not capable of it sometimes. He just doesn't look good at defending. But he lost the ball near the end when Patrick Bamford had his shot from the halfway line, and Klopp had a freaker at him. Now, to be fair to Thiago, he went and got an assist. Two minutes later, but I think I and I'm I'm not I'm I can't say anything because I don't see him training. But Klopp loves Chamberlain, it seems, and Klopp I think will put Chamberlain in there to replace Elliot before he puts or Keita maybe even before he gives Thiago another chance regularly in that midfield. But I could be wrong in saying that. I think with Thiago, as you're saying about defending, I think he's just not physical enough. He just seems really timid on the ball. If you had time and space, yeah, you can do great things. But 
like Bamford didn't really do a whole lot to get the ball off him, and I think that's he what came snuck in behind him though. He's no, he was unaware. Yeah, that's a, he's just a bit. But like even some players, like if someone comes in behind them, they'll be able to shield it or use their body well. I think that's what why Thiago looked so poor last year was because he didn't have Fabinho beside him because he had to play at centre back, so he didn't have that cover. And he was, he's as as you said there about Bayern, like they gave him that help that he needed to be the creative person that he can be, and he just he's still getting. I'm just I'm making the point, he's still getting used to the Premier League and the fact that you know in big games you mightn't have that extra time or extra couple of couple of seconds. So it was it was probably the best performance I've seen from Thiago for Liverpool. Anyway, that because I watched a full game, so um. Yeah, <laughs> for Liverpool anyway. So he is kind of improving, but I think I think you you are right that he does just need to learn to be a bit more quick on the ball and a bit more aggressive. I think that he something he probably wasn't used to with Bayern because they dominated so many games. We talk about Leeds. Yeah, should yeah second Kuno. season syndrome. Yeah, I mean, Kuno, do you want to talk? Do you want to take it from here, Kuno? I'm not happy to see Leeds doing poorly, but they seem to be a bit kind of found out. A lot of teams have yeah. figured out how to play against them, which is something we flagged in, I think, the first podcast, Ethan. We said, will that happen? We thought they'd have too much quality to get through. And to be fair, they have had tricky games, you know. Um, well, they've lost to United. They drew with Everton, drew with Burnley, and they lost to Liverpool. So it's not awful results. Yeah. It's just not the lead we saw last year. And I think teams are finding out how to stop that kind of free-flowing football. I think Liverpool showed it quite well um, on Sunday. And um, yeah, so you also might need to adapt because um, as I think I think Gary Neville said it on, on Sunday that, you know, there's that top six, seven of teams and then anywhere between 8th and 20th, you know, it's it's a free-for-all. So you don't want to want to make sure you end up near enough the top of that because you can get dragged down very easily. Jeff, they're 17th. Like Kano said, uh, two two draws, two losses. They have two points from a potential twelve. Two tough games. Do you think they're in trouble this season? Um, I I think it'll tell against the so-called weaker sides, and I don't think they've necessarily played them. Um, I think the likes of the Watfords, Norwiches, stuff like that. How how they play against them will tell. I I don't really see a goal threat in them at the moment. Like Bamford is he's not really firing. He's I know he's got a goal and assist. Like but um, I I just think that they're, they're not creating the chances that they were last year. And I don't know if it's down to a little change in formation to fit in like Rafinha and um, Rodrigo together. But I don't know. I I think if they went back to sort of conventional four four two, similar enough to what they played last year, it would probably suit them better now that they brought James in. Like James and Harrison on your wings are that's lightning. That's that's the sort of threat that you want to be putting in. I thought I thought Bamford tried. He tried. He made good runs in the game, in the Liverpool game, especially early on. And it just didn't really fall for him though. And it could easily, because Liverpool can be open, like I said at times. They can be a bit vulnerable. They did look solid enough at the back because football is football. You're going to get chances. But he he tried, like, and I felt bad for him a bit because he was um he was making good runs. He made a good run early on. He got it on his chest. He took it down. Maybe one time, another time, someone tried to play him through and it just bounced off his heel and it went away from him and it went out of play. Robertson shielded the ball out then. But I I think they will be okay. But I do think in games like against Liverpool 
And in games like against Manchester United, I'd lo- I'd like to see the stats on them. I'm probably going to be proven wrong. This season, I'd like to see them, especially their uh, results against the big six. Because so far, they have been completely... Oh, in the two games I've watched, full Leeds games, like the full game, Manchester United and Liverpool, it is a bit harsh. Manchester United and Liverpool, and they can do that to you. And only time will tell, like we said. When we get to December and we're still doing these podcasts, we'll be able to talk more in detail about it. But against United, Cunnell, I said it to you as well, and I was really pissed off. Like, you know what I mean? They were so open. And it was the exact same. Last night, they seemed to be a tiny bit more pragmatic. But that that was just completely blown away then at stages where Liverpool just tore them apart, especially at the end of the game. I know they were down to 10 men and they were still attacking and that can look really cool and it is really good to watch. But Jesus, like when you're... It just sometimes it's like, okay, give yourself a chance. You know what I mean? Liverpool aren't going to stop attacking. You know what I mean? Set up for a little counter-attack. Liverpool won't just start killing the game off unless it's a Champions League final against Spurs. Liverpool will still attack like teams that are considered smaller than them. It's just the way they do it. And they can be a bit vulnerable to counter-attacks at times. But there was no. I, I think a big thing, a big thing that happened was Lorente going off, like a, a proper defender yeah, going yeah, off for strike. Yeah. He's gonna like you, you can't rely on Cooper as your main centre half. Mm. Um, he's just he's not really at that level. Like Lorente added that little bit of class. Like there's a few times he picked it up further up the pitch. Like he was making tackles, he was closing people down. But he had that bit of kind of like elegance to retain possession and get the ball moving again. Like he could pick a pass as well as defend. And then when Stroik came on, it, it literally looked like a midfielder playing as a centre-half. He was just a bit erratic, like was getting rid of the ball and, and Cooper was a bit the same. Bye, Jeff. Um, Good finishing point. <laughs> Jeff decided to finish on that note. So, Cunnell, um, unless we're joined by Jeff again, we'll wrap it up. Oh, here he is. There you are, Jeff. <laughs> what happened there? I thought it was... We're nearly finished anyway, Jeff. I just want to get your thoughts on really quickly. Uh, what do you guys think? Are you excited for the Champions League? Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. Some good games as well. Barca Bayern. Barca Bayern tomorrow. Jesus, I'm over in uh, Greece at the moment. Hazel isn't going to be happy with me that I'm uh, going to be watching that 10 o'clock at night. Kuno having a little smile there to himself. He's trying to say something. I'm just saying it's going to be the first time in a few years that City actually have to worry about their Champions League group stage. We reach out the B team and we get past their portals and their Shakhtars, you know. Who <laughs> did they have up first for the casual fans listening? Leipzig. 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 Leipzig at home. Leipzig at home Wednesday. And that shouldn't be too much trouble. I seen them play last year against Liverpool. Uh, they lost up Meccano, obviously. I don't know if they've replaced him. They lost Konate, but Konate didn't play against Liverpool. Something that worried me when we signed Konate. I think he could have been injured, but I don't think he lost the beat there as well. There you go. The, 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 well. the way they play, and it's very... I know they have a new manager, but they, they, the City shouldn't uh, shouldn't struggle well, too didn't much. Didn't go to Bayern? He's gone yeah. to Bayern as well. Yeah, he's gone too. German League's a joke. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> literally, literally I think so. I saw something like that. Like, It'd be interesting one to finish up on here. I saw that the other day. It's the only league in the world where I think the Barn signed two players from Leipzig. Open Meccano. And, and who? Yeah, so the two well, two of the best players on that team and their manager 
So first, imagine last year, City went, geez, that was a great season. Let's sign. Okay, United, fair enough, because United are City's rivals. But say they just go, yeah, cool, we'll sign Salah. We'll take, they're happy with Guardiola, that's fine. But just take, we'll take Salah and we'll take Van Dijk there. Thanks very much. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or even say, well, La Liga, La Liga, it can happen. But La Liga, they usually get more of a price like Griezmann or... Um, there's usually a premium that comes with them for Barcelona and Real Madrid. In recent years, it wasn't before, but La Liga have copped on, it seems in that respect, a bit more. But uh, Bundesliga, I think, because the signings, up McCann was about 35, 40 million. Euros. It's a well, there you go. Are very, very little. Yeah, that's not even a big fee anyway. But yeah. like, it's just nuts. Like Bayern definitely didn't even need to be telling. I wonder how they get oh, away with it. I wonder how they get away with it. We might get a German expert. On. Yeah, I saw that, Jeff. <laughs> um, well, I wonder, we'd want to get someone on who actually watches the Bundesliga inside out. Like, maybe we'll try. Maybe I'll meet someone on my travels here and we'll get yeah. uh, it's, it's We'll get him on. It seems to be a thing, a thing of that all these players that move to Bayern always say, oh, it's my dream to play with Bayern. They seem, every, everyone that plays in the Bundesliga just wants to play with Bayern. That's, they'll probably, they'll probably pick up early in Haaland next club. season for 20 million. Yeah. Come on. And trade, the, trade give them Lewandowski or something. If he, does, if he does go to uh, Bayern, I will be really... I, I'd be so annoyed. I really yeah, would. Yeah, like, like, if they And they can't... Obviously, we know the 62 million release clause next year. If they pick him up for 62 million next year, that's it. Like, come on. It'd be such perfect timing for him because Lewandowski is just about out of his Literally, prime. Yeah, like, that might be set up. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it wouldn't suit them any better. Like you know, for yeah, transfer like that to happen. Should I go? We know they win the league irrespective of themselves. So, anyway, guys, we better finish on that note. I'm gonna head out for dinner. Enjoy. I haven't eaten yet. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Hopefully, you'll join us next week. We'll review the Champions League action. I've no doubt we'll be doing one next week. Connor won't let me get away with it. Um. Yeah. So, guys, I'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to the coach. See you later. <laughs>